Hjertelig velkommen til et nytt program her på Israel-kanalen. I dag så tar jeg dere med til Haifa, der vi skal møte en pastor i en messiansk forsamling som heter Shavai Tsiam. Welcome to Israel-kanalens program again, Leon Matsen. Nice, privilege for me to be with you. Welcome. Uh, we had a program with you for a few years back, but and uh, a lot of things have happened since then. How has the, the corona situation uh, affected your church? Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, it was a really tough time. And Israel was went through many lockdowns. For one and a half year, nobody in congregation was uh, experienced COVID. But in uh, end of July 2021, we got this in massive way, so about 90 people became sick in one day wow. or in two days, yes. So it was pretty hard experience. Uh, we found that some people uh, became regular to be more online as it to come offline to present place. But in same time, we also have seen that number of people who come and want to come really growing specifically now that all this destruction going down and people really hungry for uh, real communication so usually our meetings are two hours but now we have the same two hours meetings but after extra two hours people sitting in our cafeteria and just have chance to uh, be each with other also, during Corona time, uh, our humanitarian aid services was really working hard. And uh, humanitarian aid programs grow two times, at least two times, I think even more. Many people from congregation uh, volunteer with us. And also some people who get from us help uh, was interested to become volunteers. So I think it's was pretty interesting uh, move. Yes, but, uh, it's interesting to hear that you don't only have the, the normal congregation services and, and that kind of thing, but you have a, a very good outreach program as well. Uh, we not call this outreach program, but yes, we, we try in multiple way to serve to community. Uh, for many years we're running here music school also COVID effect badly on the music school. Before COVID started, we have here about 180 students, children from neighborhood. But uh, after COVID only 60 come back. So today, number of months after we have about 100 people come back study music and it's a really quality level of music. Yes, we have here also uh, Ulpans, it's, it's classes for new immigrants to study language. Also, they was closed during COVID, specifically during lockdowns. But now again, we have 30, even more, 30 plus people come every week to study language. Many things come back. Yes, and also, as you mentioned, we have multiple uh, operation, building work hard during the week, not only for Shabbat meetings. Mm. Uh, after COVID uh, kind of uh, disappeared and, and Israel from March 1st opened up the borders again for everyone, 
the new situation, how, how do you look upon that? Uh, I'm happy. First of all, usually we're very open for guests. And for two years, it was just no guests. So now that people start to come, and it's really big blessing for us. We, we like guests. And uh, we received a group from Japan a couple months ago. And uh, yesterday, we have people, friends from US. Now you come and like, uh, it's, it's good to be open. And I think all these restrictions, uh, what our government did by COVID, it's like was too, 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 too much exaggeration. So, so yeah, it's not means that it's not danger, but I not think all this uh, restriction very helpful. So I, I want to tell to Norwegian people, Norwegian believers, come back, we're waiting for you here. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be back in Israel after two and a half years. So, of course, uh, I was thinking also that Israel was maybe one of the, the most difficult countries to visit because of all the restrictions and, and it was hard to, to come here. And now it's much, much easier, of course, and, and uh, better to, to come and visit Israel again. Uh, I want to also ask you about the situation that we uh, see happening now in Europe when Russia has um, attacked Ukraine and there's a war going on there. How do you uh, see that situation and uh, are you prepared to help, uh, let's say, refugees from Ukraine or uh, Ukrainian or the Russian Jews that want to make Aliyah? Uh, first of all, uh, that this war started and uh, I ask our congregation, how many of you have relatives or friends in Ukraine or Russia or in areas that involve it? So 95% of people just raised hand because it's very touchable for us and very sensitive. And many still have relatives in these places. And uh, you can imagine if our congregation, about 150 people, so about 130 or even more, have some connection specifically with Ukraine. We have here people who come from Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Moldova, different places. So yes, it's very sensitive. It's number one. Number two, uh, for many years, we have a program for, to receive Neolim. And uh, Neolim, it's uh, Jews who have right to come back to Israel. And we know that government gave them some nice help, but all, usually it's not enough. And we have team, volunteering team, and even some person on our staff that uh, daily, weekly work with new immigrants and to explain them and direct them and help them in practical things like uh, to go together to open bank account or to show some places to look for a job or even to help to found a rent apartment. We have closing uh, center downstairs in our building. So we usually give a lot of goods to new immigrants. So in this case, we're pretty ready. Uh, I don't want to call these people with name refugees because refugees it's people who not Jews and not have clear right to come to Israel. So government take care for refugees, but if some person have Jewish uh, blood and they uh, by love Israel, uh, okay to come to Israel, to be in Israel, we're very glad to receive him. Truly, we not yet experience big flow of these people. 
from this conflict. And as I know, and I speak a lot with uh, leaders of Messianic congregation in Kiev, in Nikolaev, in Odessa, in different places. And I, I know situation. Many people went to Europe, and now they just uh, staying in Europe. We wait, we wait for some wave of Aliyah, of immigration to Israel. We believe in this. I think it's very biblical. Yeah, I saw that uh, early when, this, when the conflict started, Israel said that uh, maybe 70,000 people from Ukraine would eventually come here. Uh, uh, that's a huge number. But, but by numbers, about 200,000 uh, people in Ukraine have rights to come to here. How many will come, we don't know. Uh, truly, 50 or 70,000, it's not so huge numbers. Because I, I come to Israel 30 years ago, so in this time, it was more than 1 million people came. And Israel was, was much in much more difficult situation. So I think welcome if, if, if even 200,000 will come. And a, again, for my observation of Bible, I think this is, this is very biblical if people will come back. Yeah, because the Bible says that the Jews shall uh, come back from all the countries. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, when, when you said that 95% of your congregation have relatives in... Offerings, relatives offerings. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how do they, these people in, in your church or congregation, how do, how do they relate to them? <laughs> all of us relate to them. We almost daily, almost everybody sends some money to, to them because uh, that it's war and they, you need extra. You, have not to, to, you, you cannot work for money, so we send them money. And uh, uh, my assistant, he was really involved to, to, to escaping of 600 people from Odessa, and later you probably will ask him questions. So we connected to some other ministries, to Beit Sar Shalom, and giving them money to establish refugee uh, area in Germany and in Poland. So uh, all the things connected. Uh, I am participate in some circle of uh, Russian-speaking Messianic pastors uh, from Israel, and, and ask about 35 congregations from all Israel. So every, every Messianic congregation very much involved, and some more, some less. It depends on communication. But what is important, uh, private people, people just by themselves, if they have relatives or friends, so a lot of uh, systems how to transfer money to, 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 to Ukraine, we do it. And of course, prayers. Uh, physically, it's uh, really limited ways how to go and to help. Some of our people can do this and they go and they volunteer, but it's still limited for majority. So you've helped both in a spiritual way by prayers and yeah. uh, in material ways yeah. by sending well, money and organizing help yeah okay that's wonderful to hear pastor leon thank you very much we, i'm looking forward to hear more about uh, your work and i wish you god's blessing in everything that you do here in haifa thank you very much and thank you that norwegian believers interested what happened in israel how it will be with war and with all these refugees and god bless you and very welcome back to, to Haifa, to Shevet Zion, return to Zion congregation. Thank you very much.
And now we're going to speak a little bit with your assistant, uh, Evgeny. Yeah, okay, good. Thank, Thank you. you. That was Pastor Leon Masin, and now we are going to talk with his assistant, uh, Evgeny Stanukevich. Welcome to Israel Kalan's program. Thank you. Welcome to Israel and our congregation. Thanks. Uh, when you look at your situation uh, here in Israel, you have had a program that is called uh, the Eagle Project. How has that been affected by the COVID situation? So during the COVID, it stops. It's a project for uh, Messianic believer for soldiers that finish the army. But we hope to go back to Norway, maybe even this year, because now the regulation much, much better. Yeah, you are most welcome. Uh, you know, Norway have no uh, rules against the COVID anymore. Thank God. Yeah, Tusen Tak. <laughs> I, hope, I hope to see you this summer. Yeah, so you're welcome to come back. And I'm also happy to be here in Israel uh, again. Uh, so this has been a, a long stretch where we weren't allowed to come and now we are here. So we are very thankful to God for this opening. Yeah, it's good. I, I want to ask you, we heard from your pastor, Leon, that uh, you are have been working with uh, as, uh, uh, helping the Jewish congregation in in uh, Ukraine to get into uh, to safety. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I, I have a small company in Kiev, a security company and consulting company that we receive a project in Odessa to improve the uh, the security and population control in in, in Odessa. They have a community of almost 1,000 people. Uh, but because of the situation on the borders, so we prepare them to the worst case scenario. It's a war scenario uh, and build for them an evacuation plan. So at the spot that everything started, so uh, we triggered this evacuation plan and we evacuated the community, half of them to Moldova, another half to the Western Ukraine, and then from Ukraine to, uh, to Romania. And uh, almost 300 of, of those communities, they orphaned, orphaned children and some uh, young families. So uh, what I heard is that um, uh, men are not allowed to, to leave Ukraine if yes. you are in, in a, the age of a, to be a soldier. Right. So all the men stay, stays behind? And the uh, no, I cannot talk about it too much, but we, we did pull them out. You brought them out? Yes. All, all of them? Yes. Okay, wonderful. How many children were there? It's altogether 270, all kind of ages. The youngest, I think, the age of three, and then till the student's age. So majority of, uh, of the evacuation, at the first day we evacuate uh, 150 children to Moldova, and all the rest of the community uh, to the safe place at the Karpati Mountains. They stayed there for one week, and then uh, another stage from Karpati Mountains to Romania. Mm. But how were you able to, I mean, you said that you had a security company there in, in, uh, in Kiev. So you were actually operating that from living in Israel, and you had the manager over there to help? No, no, I've been there. I've been in Odessa together with them. And uh, two days before the war started, I, I get to Kiev because I must organize more equipment. I hired additional team from Israel and I hired uh, local security guards, around 23 people that can uh, be, there, be there together with them. Uh, at the first stage, they didn't want to move. They thought it's gonna be okay and they're gonna stay. 
but they afraid from riots. This is why they hired us. But when they have seen the situation getting worse, so we, uh, this uh, plan of evacuation, we should uh, turn it on. So when, when this happened, so my team was with them together with them in Odessa. I've been in Kiev and we started to evacuate people from Odessa. And I have evacuated some other small, smaller groups of women and children from Kiev. Wonderful. Uh, are there more people that, uh, I mean, there is a war going on, so I know that people need help over there, but are you going to help even more groups coming out? So this task is over for now. We also brought our friends from Norway, uh, from Bergen, that uh, they came uh, with humanitarian aid, aid to, those, uh, to those people. Because of the long travel, those kids need some uh, refreshments and clothes and stuff like this, so we also help them humanitarian things. We also raise some funds for them, for people from uh, the world that we know. Our other colleagues open uh, uh, field hospitals in Moldova, Romania and Poland. So we do have connections and uh, now our company, I don't know what's going to be with them, but for now it's shut down because of the situation. But our colleagues still there in Moldova, Poland and Romania. Uh, the people that work in your company, um how are they doing? So majority of our staff, they are men because uh, they are private security guards. Uh, we do have cars and, and weapons, so we give, give everything to them and they volunteer to local national security of the city. Do you, are you still having contact with them? Yes, of course. And uh, how are they optimistic or how is their... It's, it's, it's not easy. Uh, we also evacuated the, their families of our workers out of Ukraine. Uh, to Poland, um, but uh, because of the law now, it's better for them. They not should take care for their families only for the situation. But uh, yeah, some optimistic, some not. But uh, the situation now it's uh, stable at least in Kiev. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the big question, Russia attacking Ukraine, uh, how do you look upon that conflict? Uh, you see, the, I have my own opinion. It's not always uh, nice to hear. But uh, I, there is a two, two aspects. Uh, one is human, what we see in the news, the children and uh, women. I have seen it by myself. So uh, we should feel sorry, we should help, uh, we should uh, have compassion as also as believers. But it's also the other side, it's uh, the side of the system and politics. So uh, here I have some different opinion. I don't think uh, this should, war, uh, should happen. It was enough tools to avoid this war. Uh, closer negotiation between uh, Russia, Russian politics and uh, Ukraine politics. And uh, now the, both of them go up on this big tree and nobody knows how they're going to go down because Putin can lose and Zelensky now feels pretty much a hero, like a savior of the euro. But it's I, my first personal opinion, I don't, I'm not think this is uh, good to think this way because this war, uh, he could prevent this war. Yeah, he could prevent the war, you said, by giving in to the demands of Russia? No, uh, I think the demands, uh, the last demands, it wasn't so high as I see it. Yeah, it was a NATO thing, not during the NATO, but actually the, the last uh, news we see, they, they didn't have a change to join the NATO. Because France said they're going to vote against, and Germany said they're going to uh, vote against, and also England. So it only was up to him to accept that. 
and not also to be so naive that uh, if war started, everybody come come and join them because it's not the case. That, because everybody told him it's not going to be the case. Uh, they just sacrificed him, and in, in this war there is no winners. Also Russia will lose. Also Ukraine will lose. A lot of people ground refugees. It's not a win. It's you cannot win in such a way. Maybe America will win some things because they will going to receive a weaker enemy. But if, if we count only Russia and Ukraine, you, you can see both sides already and lost. You have your, your roots in, in the former Soviet Union. I born in Belarus, yes. In Belarus. Uh, if you look at the, the outcome of this situation, how do you look at, at what will happen? I think uh, it's like too, too early to think about it because uh, there is only two ways. One is uh, they're going to find some middle middle agreement between uh, when they're going to speak directly. This is what they should do like years ago to speak directly without any other country involved because it's a Soviet countries. But uh, this is the best scenario. The worst scenario that uh, none of them going to get whatever they want and uh, Russia can be become more aggressive and also make the involvement of the Europe. So I still it's too early to say, but this is the only two ways that I, I can think about it. Yeah. Some people that I've spoken with says that uh, Zelensky and Ukraine should surrender because to, to keep fighting will make the suffering worse. Yeah, I don't think about I don't think that surrender that it's the right world because now Russia have less less requirement because they also want to finish this but Russia cannot be a losing side so they should negotiate it uh, maybe the the NATO things can go down of the of the of the list so the word surrender it's not the point I don't think they're going to surrender it's not the case they have should the word the right word is agreement political agreement it's not a surrendering thing. I see. Uh, so how do you look up on this uh, war situation that ha suddenly happened? Uh, Some say it goes back to 2014, but anyway, it happens now in this year. How do you look up at that in, in the view of the, the, the last th uh, things, uh, the end time things? Yeah. I don't think this war suddenly happened. Everybody sp spoke about it. Also, when we read the Bible, we see the wars is coming and wars coming between brothers, not between nations. Slavic people against Slavic people, Arab people against Arab people. So we do see it in the Bible, it's once. We also do see, and when we read the news, we can see the noise of this war from 2008. Both of the, both of the sides spoke about this war. Both of the sides spoke about the uh, con uh, conclusions of this war. Both of the sides spoke that uh, they're ready to sacrifice people, they're ready to sacrifice the ground. And that we can see from uh, Ukrainian side, they're ready to sacrifice so much to join the uh, EU and the NATO. We already see and hear these noises uh, many, many years ago, but people don't like to listen to those stuff because it's funny, it sounds funny, till, the, till this happened. People prefer to be naive that oh, oh, everybody's going to help them and stuff like this. But, uh, there is one sentence, if you want to hire something really good, just put it in the most seen place and uh, everybody going to ignore it. Because uh, now, we, now we're much more smarter, but uh, it's already happened. Both of the sides could avoid it by good negotiations and some agreements. Also in the Crimea, what happened in 2014. Also, because it was so much people, parties involved in it, 
So it's, it couldn't be a better outcome because they, they didn't want to speak directly. And of course, it's only my opinion. <laughs> I, I, I like politics. I like this work. I like uh, to see how and watch how system work. Uh, it's not a human side, how, what we see, but also uh, to pay attention to the things and to pay attention to what's written in the Bible. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be better. But we should pay attention to what is going on. And of course, God is in control. We can pray, we can do whatever we want, but God has a plan. God is going to move this plan forward and everything is written, actually. Amen. God has everything under control. Yes. Well, I wish you all the best, uh, Yevgeny, and in your work, and also with the Eagle Project, and I welcome you to Norway again. Yeah, thank you very much for participating in this program. Yeah, thank you for your time. Og til det ser jeg selvfølgelig bare å si tusen takk for at du har fulgt oss gjennom denne sendingen og på gjensidig neste uke. Og husk det at Gud har alt under kontroll. Takk for det.